This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking about reframing relationship challenges. So what is it that we see when we look at the challenges that we face, most of us face in relationships, when we look at them from a different perspective? So there are main areas of relationships that or main categories in relationships that cause problems. So they show up all the time if you're looking out there, reading articles online, looking at books. And uh, oftentimes the problems come up around things like money, time, communication, and sex. And these main categories wind up being points of uh, conflict and uh, disconnect in relationships. And sometimes it's because of the way that we handle those situations. And sometimes it's because of the way that we perceive the differences or we perceive the um, the challenges that are in front of us. Okay, so I'm going to take a look at four different relationship challenges and then what we can do to look at them a different way. Okay, so one relationship challenge is the disagreements, the disagreements that don't get resolved. Right? So this can be sometimes due to a lack of compatibility, and that can lead to the end of a relationship. Right? Sometimes disagreements actually don't get resolved because there isn't a way for these two people to resolve them. Um, and uh, that's why they have that divorce category, irreconcilable differences. Um, so when a uh, topic actually can't be resolved between two people, they really find that they incompatible in that way. One person values growth and the other person, say, doesn't value growth. Um, one person really values family. The other person doesn't care about family. And whether it seems like that would be a deal breaker for you or not, for any given couple, they can have things that they, they just can't live with, like as individuals, they can't live with. But leaving that aside, in the areas where, you know, where there isn't an option for as resolution very often there is an option for um, cleaning up a disagreement. And if you don't clean up a disagreement, some relationships, they have this habit of just kind of brushing things under the rug. Either they fight, they don't fight, they disagree about something, but then it sort of like disappears. Maybe people are angry for a while. Maybe they're angry for a short time. And, and in that disappearing, it's not like it's gone away, right? So it, it really has just kind of gone into this bank. 
most people are not able to have that kind of disagreement and then move into a place without some sense of resolution inside of themselves with the other person to move into this place of, oh, okay, that is truly in the past. Okay. And that's a wonderful skill to be able to develop at certain points in time to just be able to let things go. But quite often people are not letting things go and they're just choosing not to talk about them. That's one form of poor communication is just not talking about what it is that needs to be talked about. Another way that poor communication shows up and keeps that disagreement kind of lingering is what you've probably heard me say a lot in other forms, not listening, not really checking in, not hearing the other person, being uh, convinced of our own rightness um, or just our own wanting our own perspective to be heard um, versus working on a give and take in hearing and listening. Now, if you're in a relationship where you're not feeling like you're being heard, you know, that there's two parts of that, right? So where whatever side of this you fall on, there's two parts of it. One's the hearing piece and or the listening piece and the other is the communication piece. Um, and you can only work on your side of it. So you can work on uh, learning to listen better and you can work on learning to um, communicate better. And before we go into a little bit more about how to kind of take care of that stuff. I want to look at how to reframe this. So say you're disagreeing with your partner about something and it could be big or small. It doesn't really matter, but let's take it and change this around. Imagine if in every area you agreed with your partner, right? What would it be like to be in a relationship with someone where absolutely everything that you came to, you agreed with? And that is actually kind of the most boring relationship ever, right? What's the point of being in a relationship if we're kind of with exactly someone who thinks exactly the way that we do, right? That's not really a relationship. That's sort of being with ourselves. (laughs) So I don't even think we totally agree with ourselves all the time. So um, it it really it makes sense to be able to see these points of of conflict as going a long way in keeping the spark of the relationship. Right. It's like it's without friction. There's no progress. Disagreements help us grow. They help us understand ourselves and our partner more completely. So it isn't so much the disagreement. That is the problem. It's our judging the disagreement as something that is is bad, um, will tear us apart um, rather than an opportunity to get closer to this person that we love, to see them, to see our own truth. Right. And to learn something about ourselves. That's what's what's possible in, you know, disagreements. So there's a couple components of this. One is the reframe and the reframe is to look at it as an opportunity, right? Pretty much every problem in our life can be reframed as an opportunity, right? And as, as much as, you know, we can have those places, well, there's no way I can find an opportunity in this. There is actually a way to reframe it 
as an opportunity. Um, whether you buy that opportunity or not, that's a different story. So most everything can be reframed as an opportunity. And when we do that, we at least open the door to other options, to getting closer, like I said, to our own truth or the other person or something like that. We open up the door to something being added uh, rather than something being lost. So that's one piece. And the other piece, like I said, that we need to look at when it comes to these disagreements that linger is our willingness to let like to tolerate negativity. Okay. So this is actually a, a kind of an interesting uh, thing to talk about in general. So when people have a high level of, of tolerance for negativity, you could say one, maybe that allows them to deal with negative circumstances um, more or more completely or on a more ongoing um, basis. But it actually, in many cases, that uh, that tolerance for negativity means that that person is able to take this disagreement, right? And they are able to tolerate this stack of disagreements that haven't been resolved more, right? So one person might be able to tolerate that more that there are all these unresolved things than another person. But what I know is regardless of what a person's tolerance level is, that when we do that, when we, when we are willing to kind of keep that uh, pile of negativity, when we're willing to do that, what it does is over time, it shuts us down. We become more and more shut down. And that being shut down uh, starts creating other disagreements and other problems. So it's a commitment to keeping things cleaned up, just like we might commit to a healthy lifestyle around eating or exercising or, you know, mental hygiene or whatever. This is a form of relationship hygiene, of not allowing that stuff to just linger and fester and cause other problems in a relationship. And what you can see is sometimes if you've stumbled upon a topic uh, where you start saying, and remember that time where you did it here and you did it there and you did it this other time and you're going back. It's like you're pulling the string from the past of all these other times. That's a really good sign that you haven't cleaned out these um, these events, that you haven't uh, cleaned out these disagreements and, and created a sense of peace around them. So you... you want to, to kind of take care of this disagreement piece, you want to adjust a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, try to clean this stuff out. And it's totally true that wherever we are in our personal development, sometimes we're just not able to. We're not able to identify stuff. We're not able to work on it. And that is fine. We just need to work on what we can see. So if you know that there's something there, you know that there's something that's sort of dragging or, you know, a negative uh, piece of the relationship that's not being dealt with, it's making a commitment to deal with it. It's making that commitment to deal with it. And you might say, well, what if my partner doesn't want to deal with it? That is an additional situation to deal with. You know, if your partner doesn't want to deal with it, 
then you know you might need to have a conversation about why it's important. Um, there might other need to be other things that happen there as well. I'm not going to so much go into those at this moment. So if if you know that there is negativity there, see what you can do and clear it out. And specifically, remember that not everything needs to be resolved with your partner. Right? It, sometimes things do, but very often we need to take a look inside and, and recognize why we're holding on to something or what it's really about for us. And sometimes the change in behavior is actually on our side. Maybe we haven't communicated. We have, maybe we haven't spoken what it is that's important to us, how we want to have, have things happen, how a behavior affects us. Right. So it's important that we take a look and say, OK, is there something that I can I can do here to facilitate this communication? Sometimes we also need to um, be the first person to listen. You know, we might have the frustration or the negativity that we're carrying, but actually the best way to resolve it is to listen to the other person first because maybe we actually haven't totally understood them either and maybe that's a reason for the disagreement to be lingering so when it comes to communications I, you can check it out i've done a, a couple shows on communication but when it comes to communication we want to learn how to know what it is that we want and then to be able to communicate that to another person. And that is a wonderful, wonderful part of relationships. Because when we have these disagreements, when we start to see this kind of lingering of disagreements, we actually can remember, oh, wow, like I don't actually know what I need here. Like I'm upset, but I don't know what I need. Or um, I, you know, I know what I need, but wow, I really just have not communicated. I haven't even, you know, let my partner know that I have this need. So we learn about what it is that might be going on with our communication and then how to start to change that in order to resolve it. An additional part of dealing with disagreements is learning kind of conflict resolution type skills learning to navigate difficult conversations. What is it that we need to be able to do in order to have those dis disagreements with our partner in a very effective way? What would that look like? So that might be an area to focus on for a little while. What would it look like if your disagreements were productive rather than destructive? What would change? And, and that might be uh, like when you come to the answer of, for that for yourself, that might be a very helpful thing to say, OK, how can I start to shift in that direction? Remember, we're always it's like we're raising our awareness. We're getting clear about what it is that we want to create. And then we're taking any step that we can see in that direction. Like that's kind of the recipe. It's always about getting clear, seeing where we are getting clear about what we want, making that change. Such an important and such an important piece of things across all personal development. So once you can start to see what it is that you want, 
How do I want to feel in my relationship? Do I want all this baggage with me? How do I want to communicate in my relationship? Do I want to keep going through this way of communicating around conflict? Or could am I willing to learn another way? Or am I willing to envision another way and then take steps in that direction? Okay. So that's um, a challenge number one for today about reframing relationship challenges and re reframing them so that they can then be something that can help us grow in relationship, learn in relationship, and ultimately be closer with our partner. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And right after the break, I'll be back with more ways that you can reframe your relationship challenges. Educator Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and we have been talking this time about relationships and things that are challenging in relationships and then how it is that we can reframe those challenges so that we can get more of what we want. So challenge number two, challenge number one was disagreements that linger. Challenge number two is different sex drives. So this is a, this is a, touchy topic with a lot of people. A lot of people feel very concerned about either they, their sex drive is too high, their sex drive is too low, you know, um, it shouldn't be different than their partners, you know, there's all sorts of things that come up for people about what their level of desire is and what how their level of desire changes throughout the course of their life and throughout the course of their relationship. And so what what happens is that this kind of undisclosed discrepancy um, 
can lead to things like, oh, people can meet their needs through an affair. They could have sex when they don't want to. They can have a sense of resentment around it. They can start coming up with stories about how their, you know, their partner always wants sex or is frigid or what have you. Um, so it can get really extreme. And uh, it can also just be a point of misunderstanding. So very often uh, we're looking to our partner to fulfill our sexual needs. We're thinking like that's part of it. It's like sort of a an unspoken about thing that we are that we are working on. So it's an I, well, uh, it's an unspoken way that we're thinking, and uh, we're thinking, oh, this person is in my life. They're my sexual partner, or you know, however you run that part of your life, and so they're going to be there for me in this way. And then whatever we want sexually is very often what we assume the other person should be able to give. But the, that's not any more true in the sexual department than it is in other areas of our relationships, right? But what if instead, just like everything else, as we we're looking at reframes, that this discrepancy in sexual interest actually is an opportunity to explore sexuality, rather than to block it, right? So when we fixate, this is the same thing as like when we're setting goals for ourselves. When you fixate on an outcome or some part of your life looking a certain way, and when it doesn't look like that, frequently we think of that we're blocked to getting what we want, right? So, oh, this thing, my life is like this, I want it to be like that. Therefore, I don't have what I want. I don't have what I want because of X. Right. So what happens actually is that we can look at this just like in the differences in any way in a relationship. What if this discrepancy actually becomes then this opportunity to explore sexuality? What if it becomes a way to know more about the way that your partner thinks? the way that your partner feels about sex, how they explore sexuality on their own, what is and isn't sexual to them, what builds intimacy on, on, in addition to sex, how does intimacy build or break down sex for them? So all of that kind of exploration can happen so that you come to a deeper understanding of who your partner is and what is like what's behind their sex drive. What's that way of communicating? How do they hold that inside themselves and how do they hold that with you as their partner? Yeah. So also this is an opportunity to ask those questions of ourselves. Right. So one of the things that blocks uh, communication in this area, just like in other areas, is not knowing. It's like not knowing, you know, who we are sexually, not knowing uh, what it is that how we want it to be a part of our life or if we don't want to have it be a part of our life. And whether that's coming from a place that is really healthy for us or whether that's coming from a place of of it not being healthy. The same with a really high sex drive. Is that coming from a place of being really true and authentic for us or is that coming from a place of, you know, acting out or something like that? Right. So any behavior can be a healthy behavior 
or it can be an unhealthy behavior. So we need to explore that inside of ourselves. Am I acting in the way that's healthy and right for me? You know, is am I living the sexual part of my life in a way that is really good for me? Right. So when we start to ask those questions, as well as the questions like, oh, wait a second here, like, you know, who am I as a sexual person outside of my partnership? What is it that I like? What, how is it that I want to be? When we start asking those kind of questions, we start to find that there is so much depth and there's so much potential for connection that chances are we've only scratched the surface. And typically in relationship, unfortunately, we scratch the surface and then it's like, that's it. That's about as far as we go, sexually or otherwise. You know, and oftentimes, you know, whether a, a couple has been successful or not in navigating things, it is a tendency um, of people in general to scratch the surface and to not get into things, to not engage, to not keep that level of curiosity about things, about their partner. And so we very quickly uh, move to familiarity, to a person being defined, to these things being the way that they are. You know, this is how we like to have sex. This is the way we fight. This is how we communicate. When that happens, it takes the growth out of the relationship. It takes the excitement out of the relationship because all of a sudden this person is a defined entity rather than someone to continually, continually be able to get to know and to be able to not just explore life with, but also be able to explore as another person. And through that relationship, getting to explore more of ourselves. That's the potential that's there. So when you reach a impasse like this, like, well, you know, uh, my partner wants to have sex, you know, every single day and I want to have sex, you know, once a month. When you reach a discrepancy like that, that can be really challenging and it happens. So when you reach that, the question is, OK, what can we learn? What can we learn about the way that each one of us is sexual individually and together and how then can we start to build a bridge? And that might not look like just having sex more or just having sex less. That might look like really creative ways to meet both parties' needs differently. So that's the opportunity that is there in different sex drives. And I'm gonna move on here to challenge number three. So challenge number three is total opposite direction, possibly, getting the chores done, right? So um, this can look like a lot of different things. This can look like um, one person is cleaner than the other person. It can look like one person thinks that having organized cupboards makes a home tidy. The other one thinks that it's clean counters, right? It could feel that one, per one person feels that a char always has to be done, like, and it has to be done in a certain time schedule. And, you know, this same person thinks nobody's appreciating their effort to tend to the space. 
or um, someone feeling much more lax about that and feeling like, oh, you know, when we just get to that, that's not the most important thing. What's most important to, you know, have a good relationship is that we pay more attention to each other than we pay attention to the space. And you see how there can be those really good intentions. I'm caring for the relationship by doing this particular chore. Oh, I actually, I'm caring for the relationship by paying attention to you, right? So these are ways that, you know, we can be in conflict. How is it that you still haven't done that again? I've asked you 17 times to pay attention to this. You've told me that you're willing to. You're still not doing it. Well, the thing is, is if it's not a priority to the other person, it takes them a long time to notice it. It's just not a priority. They can love you like crazy, but it's not a priority. And they have to really work to get that to be a priority in their mind. Right. So reframing. Right. So one of the things that can happen here is that it can create more problems. Right. So constructive feedback. I don't like the way that you do that, <laughs> whatever way that that is said, um, is not really something that most adults want to hear, right? By the time that people are adults, they don't really want to know that something that's totally fine with them, that they've been doing for a really long time, is now somehow wrong, right? They don't think it's wrong. It's not part of their worldview to think that it's wrong. So... Instead, you know, well, or what can happen there is that that just immediately creates a conflict. And this, you know, one way, you know, this one way that person a person is or acts becomes both a sense of like, oh, this is what this person is doing again. This is what they're, they're not doing. And then the other side of it is, oh, you know, I'm getting, you know, nagged, I'm getting complained to, what I'm doing isn't enough, you know, that kind of stuff. And that dynamic keeps playing back. And you know what? In some couples, it switches back and forth. You know, each person has a list of their kind of pet peeves and their different way of doing things and their way of evaluating whether or not their partner's listening to them. And in and then the flip side of feeling of being told that what they're you know doing is wrong somehow and that they need to change their behavior when they feel their behavior is perfectly fine. Okay, so what we need to do here is focus our attention on the um, we need to take our attention actually off the negative and we need to focus our intention on what it is that they are doing. Right. So too often we pay attention to what the person isn't doing, the negative side of things. They're reacting again. They're not doing this thing that they said that they were going to do. They did it three times. It's this fifth round of it. Now they're stopping doing it like all that way that we can focus our attention on these frustrating habits. And it can be a reminder of what the other person is not doing right. It can be a reminder of how they feel about us. There's all sorts of things that we can connect to this. Right. So what if instead we turn it around and develop the habit of paying attention to how our partner contributes to the way that we're living, to our quality of life, to our standard of living. 
What if we remember all the things that they do to do that? Because chances are, if they really didn't do anything in that category, you wouldn't have them around or you would have a completely different process that you need to do um, in order to clear this stuff up. And that would be more about how you feel about yourself, etc. So if you're with someone and you're noticing that they do whatever, a handful of things that are really annoying. And you know what? Everybody does a handful of things that are annoying <laughs> So to someone. So uh, if they do some things that are, you know, really frustrating, it could, could you have the ability to focus on what it is that they do? Like take a step back. What has that person done to contribute to your life today? This is a really important step. If you can acknowledge it to that person, whew, now you've done something really amazing for your relationship. You've stopped and you've remembered everything that they've done. Look, they're going to feel so much more appreciated. And uh, appreciated person, just like we learn from, you know, organizational development and leadership stuff, an appreciated person is much more willing to change their behavior. Right. They're not going to they're not going to go down that road of, wait, uh, what's wrong with what I'm doing? You know, I've been doing this my whole life. They're so much more willing to say, whoa, wait a second here. OK, thank you so much for seeing my efforts. And um, and yeah, OK, I'm going to try a little bit harder because that positive feedback feels really good. Not only that, but it doesn't loop us back around to challenge number one. We don't wind up then with this stuff that's really festering. And we instead can say, okay, look, yeah, it's true. You know, my partner didn't take out the trash again. However, you know, look at all the things that were done today. Okay, so I have a couple stories around this that I think are absolutely fabulous that I was told just really recently. So um, one of them is about uh, uh, this woman who and I believe this is a story from either Milton or Erickson or, or or one of those people. But this woman came to him and she was obsessed with vacuuming out the footprints that were on the floor. She just she had to get rid of them as quickly as possible. And she was she was like an OCD kind of thing. She was driving herself crazy, um, you know, trying to get the footprints out. They were always there. They were always coming back. It seemed like whenever she did it, they would come right back. Right. And I think that we can probably all relate to that in some way. So the the thing is that what what I'm sorry, I can't remember Milton or Erickson said to her was that what would it mean? What does it mean? Like who makes those footprints? And when she's like, well, my family. And he said, what would it mean if those footprints weren't there? Right. And. In that, the woman realized that it would mean that she didn't have a family. And that is a really great reframe. That sometimes the thing that our partner does that really frustrates us, that can be turned around to say, it's also proof that they're there. It's also proof that you're in a loving relationship, that you have companionship, that you have someone to face life with, right? So kind of a, a fantastic reframe there. 
from the things that really frustrate you to the things that like prove that you have someone really special in your life. So we're going to go to another quick commercial break and I'm going to come back with the fourth challenge, which is actually going to be lack of time together. We'll talk about lack of time together when we come right back from this commercial break. want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and we have been talking about reframing challenges in relationships. And so far, we have discussed the disagreements that linger, different sex drives, getting the chores done. And then our final one for today is lack of time together. So uh, people get busy. And very often uh, that can, the busy schedules and all the different pieces of life, uh, even things like the technology that we live with at this point in time, the amount of information that we deal with at this point in time, all of that kind of creates a space between us and the people that we love, right? So there's a little time away excellent for a relationship. It's actually really, really helpful. So um, being with someone all the time and not getting your own kind of uh, to space or experience or whatever, that doesn't, I mean, kind of like the research has shown that that doesn't, that isn't necessarily good. So a little time is a really wonderful thing. But a lot of time, can actually create more problems. And it's really important when that space is in a relationship to recognize if there's another problem that's there, 
right? Is there an avoidance of intimacy? Uh, is there an indication that maybe there's an unresolved conflict? Is there something else that's going on that is a reason why, you know, there, the connection isn't being made, right? And, uh, if that's the case, of course, you're going to go down that road to look for, you know, your solutions to your problem. You know, it might be, you know, those kind of, like I said, the disagreements. It might be uh, running away from uh, getting, you know, getting closer to someone. That can be another reason people sort of start to separate. So if it's just kind of the case that, uh, you know, life has intervened and created an amount of distance from your partner, then um, this is an opportunity to kind of see how you can make distance work in your relationship. OK, so a lot of times people have busy work schedules where they travel a lot um, or something comes up where, you know, one person has to go, say, take care of a relative or something like that. Um, those create kind of distances um, between two people. So it's really important to do some things to, to balance that out, right? So you can kind of plan special things to do in order to um, get the kind of have the two of you connect. So you want to think about that. If, you're, if your life has kind of conspired to take you in different directions, what can you do to balance that out so that you can actually still have time to connect? What's your new way of connecting now? When relationships change, whether it's kids, whether it's travel, whatever, it's important to say, okay, how is it that we're keeping what's important to us in our relationship? Right? So... The benefit of having this separation is that we actually have time in that to focus on our own needs, right? And to possibly have more time to dedicate to friends, to family, to our interests and things like that, right? So we, it's just like, there's this duality in life where, you know, on one side of it, we are, you know, it's like longing to be in relationship. And then on another side of it, there's also this desire, um, acknowledged or not by people to really be able to be our individual selves. And so being with that are in giving ourselves that time, even if it's uncomfortable, Sometimes people get so used to being in relationship that they are uncomfortable spending time with themselves, by themselves, kind of knowing what it is that they need independently. And so this is even a better opportunity. You know, so if you notice that you're someone like that and you wind up with your partner being taken away for some reason, what a wonderful time for you to say, whoa, here, I have a break where I can focus much more on myself and the things that I want for myself. And even if you're someone who has children, right, there's only so much time you can really get for yourself um, individually when you have um, children to take care of as well. But uh, just even individual time with your children uh, and developing that type of relationship can be a wonderful wonderful thing for them and for you. So what is it that you could be doing for yourself 
What is it that, you know, this space that's normally occupied by your partner, what could be there instead that would be rich and fulfilling for you that maybe you haven't been able to get to? And it's filling it with that richness. Like a lot of times when we're feeling lack in our life, the opportunity is then to refocus and say, what do I want in that space? If I was to have an abundance of something or enough of something, then what would that be? What would go here? So when we start to find those things that really fill in, it's just like, oh, how is this exciting? How can I make this exciting? How can I make this engaging? It's very easily like um, a way of looking at it is if you've been in a situation where you've been really invested in being seeing having things the same way like say every holidays you go and you spend them with your family in a particular type of way and then one year for whatever reason that isn't possible and you find yourself you know in a completely different circumstance on the holidays And so one thing to do is to really miss your family and be sad that that it's not happening. And, you know, that is a very kind of normal part of the process. But in addition to that, or possibly in place of that, you can start to think like, what would I do? How could I make this a really fabulous experience for me? What would be a really wonderful experience? Uh, you know, approach to this holiday that's a different one than the ones before. And so it's that ability to take it and say, okay, instead of just paying attention to what's not there, we start to say, oh, gosh, how can I make this really good? What would be exciting? You know, and maybe you come up with something that's just like a a luxurious or decadent or exciting or, or peaceful or, you know, a joy filled way for you to go through that time. So it's that ability to look at a situation and be able to, you know, switch from what's missing in this case, lack of time together, your partner back to okay, how can I best use this time? Now that it's here, what is the best way for me to to use this time? So I want to bring that back around again. If you have a chronic problem of lack of time together in your relationship, right? uh, It is not just enough to address it by reframing. It also needs to be addressed through communication, potentially through personal development work so that you can figure out why it is that you're not coming together with this person that you want to come together with, you know, or is there a bigger reason why you're not coming together that needs to be addressed? So it's not just a matter of reframing, but reframing really can help, you know, Instead of the absence of your partner, it can be like, wow, I have this really, this full day to myself. What am I going to do with this day? How am I going to spend it? All right. So reframing relationship problems. I'm just going to summarize from the top, right? So we have the disagreements that linger. 
And the disagreements that linger are an opportunity for us to work on our communication. And they're also an opportunity for us to know our partner more and to know ourselves more. And kind of the key reminder in that is that if there aren't any conflicts, we have a problem as well. So, you know, seeing the disagreements as an opportunity. So different sex drives. What you can do here is use it again as this exploration. How do I express my sexuality? How does my partner express his or her sexuality? You know, what is it? How do I want that to be in my life? With getting the chores done, you can reframe and say, okay, here we go. Um, what is it if we, um, I look at this and say, ah, this is actually proof that my partner is in my life, that someone I care about is in my life. Right? Or that you look at it and say, ah, what is it that my partner has done for me today, for our life today? You know, and really looking at what the contribution is instead. And then for lack of time together, it's the ability to then focus and say, okay, there is this absence. What can I fill this space with? How can I fill in this space so that I can feel more engaged with me? When you are more engaged with you, then you have more to ultimately bring all of your relationships. Because we're not able to continually contribute to our relationships if we don't have a deep relationship with ourself. So there's a reframing relationship challenges. And if you're interested in working more on reframing relationship challenges, uh, it would be, I want you to check out my life work virtual program. This is an online program where you are able to work at key components of personal development as well as get group coaching and guidance from me. And you can find out more about that by going to katesigner.com forward slash work dash with dash me forward slash personal personal dash development forward slash life work virtual. Okay, so if you didn't get that, which is very likely because it's fairly long, go to katesigner.com and click on the work with me button and find the life work virtual program. There's opportunity to read a little bit about it. Also gather some more information. There's a video that talks about a component of it, which is called practices. And that's how we bring this change into everyday life. And that can be a really powerful way of working on your end of things in relationship so that you can want to see and develop the kind of transformation that you want to see and develop. That's what I've got for you today. I look forward to speaking with you uh, next week on Real Answers. And until then, have an absolutely fabulous week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.